Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Monday. It is a beautiful Monday in New York City. Hello, my sister Claudia. How you doing? Hi, Jax. I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm okay. I was a little hungover yesterday because what else is there to do? And I'm feeling a little better today. You know, it was one of those hangovers where you look up and it's like six o'clock and you're like, where the fuck did the day go? Um, but I went to bed early. My new mattress is like really killing it. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling sprightly for this Monday morning. Those are the best kinds of hangovers though, because then you're not suffering through the whole day if you're just wondering where it went. That's true. Um, I'm like, when you sleep so late, take a nap and go to bed early. Like, I think that's the perfect formula. Yeah, of course. When you just spend the entire hangover sleeping. Yeah. Nice. Well, it was a busy, crazy weekend, honestly. It was half great, half not great. Half Um, crazy. Half crazy. So something that we wanted to talk about today, because a lot of people have probably seen all the group drama Toast Mageddon. On Saturday, it was my husband's 30th birthday, and we found a way to get the family together in a private space that was in accordance with all of the guidelines that we have been given up until this point in quarantine. And then late Saturday night, Sunday, it just toastmageddon descended. Everyone is so upset with us for organizing in this way and posting about it. And we want to come on here and address pretty much every single mean thing or just concerning thing that people have said um, about what we did because we did not feel like we were doing anything wrong, which is why um, I posted a photo. I know Ben posted a photo. We weren't doing it to be like, fuck quarantine. If I thought we were doing something wrong, I would never have posted a photo. And if I thought we were doing something wrong and not taking it seriously, we wouldn't have been doing it. If we thought we were just like had no regard, like we would be in our studio every day. Right. Right. So um, I just want to kind of take you through like what led us to Saturday and why we decided to get together and where we got together and all of the context behind it. Because maybe if you just see a photo that we posted, you think that we're just, you know, shirking all of the rules. But if you listen to this show, you know that we've taken coronavirus seriously since January. We've taken quarantine extremely seriously since March 13th. We've been in like insisting and trying to get everyone to stay home and find fun ways for you guys to stay home and engage with us and give you movies and give you shows to watch. And like, this is all we do is be in quarantine. We leave our apartments when we need essentials and maybe go out for fresh air once every three days. We are taking quarantine so seriously. So the accusation that we aren't, it just, it comes out of nowhere, especially for people who say that they watch our show. 
Yeah, no, like this narrative that now we're like the deniers trying to, you know, protest City Hall. It's like, we, why would anyone ever think that? So I guess they think that because we got together on Saturday, but let's give some context as to how and where we got together because yesterday was a beautiful day in New York City. So was Saturday. It was just a beautiful weekend after coming off of weeks of bad weather. Tons of New Yorkers went to parks, were in the streets, went for walks. Everyone was, I saw Andy posted that he went for a walk with his son. Beautiful thing, beautiful day. Never thought twice about it. Even if you saw photos of parks, there's so many people in the parks and it's like, yeah, that's not great for uh, social distancing, but a lot of people have the same idea, you know, we don't get that much fresh air in New York. It was a beautiful day. We decided um, to celebrate my husband's birthday on one of our rooftops. We all live, if you watch the show, you also know we all live within about a five block radius of one another. I have to walk further to go to the grocery store or to pick up my prescription than I have to walk to go to where we were. Now, we take every single necessary precaution when we leave our apartments. We wear masks. We wear gloves. We have also been in quarantine since March 13th, as has every member of our family. Now, I know some people are going to say, but you were going into the studio. So we stopped, even though we were taking every single precaution and being extremely careful, we stopped going into the studio. And then we quarantined again for another two weeks before we even thought about seeing each other. Then on Saturday, we got together in a private space with tons of air and space for ourselves as opposed to going to a park and being near other people. And we enjoyed our lives as a family. Um, the comments and responses that we've gotten, listen, if it's not something that you would do and you don't think that it's by the book, don't do it. We are giving, taking all the information that we are getting, we are taking it so seriously. And we had one day of reprieve on a beautiful day in a private safe space where we felt safe amongst people who we know are quarantining and taking all of the necessary steps. Right. What was so frustrating was like this fake concern from like people who are just so evil online, like saying these most awful things and like in our group saying awful things about us, our family, our sister, like attacking our fucking pregnant sister, DMing her on Instagram. Like, how is that? How, how are these two things equal? Like, what kind of world are we living in where that is the correct response? I don't understand. And like, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, a hundred percent. But if you don't like what I'm doing, that's fine. But like, you don't have to attack my entire family, post our fucking address because you're mad about something. Like, close your computer, go, maybe you need some fucking fresh air. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a crazy time. And I feel like we are, do, we've been trying to do everything. We're not trying to shirk any rules. And if we were, we would not be posting about it. We were not on our phones on Saturday. I took a cute picture of the boys. I was in my bed on my phone later in the day, just going through the pictures. And I was like, wow, what a sweet picture. I just want to share that with my followers. You know, you're all like, follow our family. And I never thought I was setting a bad example. Um, and so I understand though, if it's not something that you would choose to do, if you don't think that it's by, if you're following the rules, everyone is, is having varying degrees of taking this seriously, but we thought it through. We've been extremely careful and we had an amazing day that honestly gave me the like spirit and gusto that I needed to continue to sit at home and buy my time and paint my nails and read my books. Totally. It was so disappointing. Like, I agree. Like, everyone is reacting differently to this. I feel like we've been taking it really seriously, like, from the beginning, reporting on it, like, quarantining as much as possible. Like, we have a mom who's older. We have a sister who's pregnant. Like, of course, these are major concerns. So this just, like, narrative being thrown at us that we're some sort of, like, animals who are trying to, you know, give everyone in New York coronavirus is so upsetting, so silly, and just this misinformation now being posted all over Twitter, all over our Facebook groups. It's like, this is 
this is insane, honestly. It's really, really unfair in my opinion. And if you don't agree with anything that I did, I, I love that. I'm so happy that everyone has differing opinions. That's what makes this world and this country so fucking fabulous. But like, whatever happened to just like civil discourse? Like, when did we go from just like, and I get that this is heightened in, uh, in this climate. It's definitely heightened, like this sense of cancellation. But like, what I think what I woke up to on Sunday was like so insane, so upsetting and so fucking nuts that I just don't even know where to go from here. Yeah. And I just want to say like this concern for our sister and for our mom, um, if you think you're more concerned for them than we are. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not dumb. We literally, our job is to learn about coronavirus, tell you what we've learned. Like we have, we know, we know a lot. We would never put other people in danger, specifically our family, strangers, older people. We would never. We would never do that. So why don't, why don't we just get the benefit of the doubt ever? Like, oh, these girls, ever. once again, they're striking up their pitchforks and they're like, why, why don't we just ever get the benefit of the doubt? Like that we took the precautions. From our own fans. It's just so upsetting. Like everyone just thinks like every time it's like, we are evil. We are evil. I'm like, we got them. Look, they did something evil. They showed us their true colors. No, actually, no. I feel like I for the most part in this world, I mean, well, I really do. (laughs) Totally. And also I just want to address like some of the specific concerns because people saw this photo, maybe without context, you think we're just going off book. Um, they don't know each other's faces. No. Where was this place? How did we get there? Did we Uber there? We're walking through crowded lobbies on our way there. I want to let you know what it takes for me to leave my apartment. I leave the doors are wide open one because it's either a beautiful day or I have a doorman or some of the buildings that I enter have automatic doors. I do not touch a single thing. I'm not walking through crowded lobbies. And then I walk the two blocks that I needed to walk. Maybe I passed two people wearing a face mask and gloves. Like, so all of your concerns that you're, that you're coming up with, like those aren't real. And if you just gave us the benefit of the doubt to know that we're educated people following the rules and taking this seriously, you wouldn't be so concerned. Yeah. It was just like such a disappointing weekend and like really made me like not want to like share my life anymore. Yeah. I totally understand that. It's like a, it's like a vicious cycle where it's like they want more and more. And then it's like, it's just, it's exhausting. to like want to give people more and then you give them more and it's like, they just pick it apart. Like living under this microscope is impossible. Like how do people do it? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like, not well. No, it's impossible. And then, but you also have to walk this line of, okay, it's the people who are picking you apart are the people who don't like you. And they never actually, maybe at one point they liked you. At least they say that they are OG brothers, but <laughs> everyone then, apparently But was. then there are people who love you and do still want you to post. And so it's like, but you only hear from the horrible people. And by the way, I don't even want to hear from the people who support us because then they get picked apart. Everyone, when it's time for a toastmageddon, everyone just stay quiet. The group has just become like this awful place where like mm-hmm. I, like Olivia had to delete like that like I'm not even mad about like people being mad at me like I can deal with it to a certain degree but like people coming from my fucking pregnant sisters like where I draw the line. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, we have made um, a decision that has been a long time coming. We are going to be muting this main group, the main Morning Toasters Facebook group, indefinitely. Maybe it'll be a, a day, a week, a month. We don't know. Um, we just know that everybody needs a reset. After Saturday, um, I kind of we stopped kind of moderating the group yesterday, and it was just a dumpster fire. That's what happens when you guys want to say what you want and talk about us. Um, so you know what? We, we just, just don't see places. 
and we just don't see the point anymore. Like there's always been this negative undercurrent in the group where there's mean people and they're mean to each other, but the group has always been uh, overall good. Good things come out of it. Friendships are made. People are meeting up. You know, tea is spilled. Uh, we don't see the good right now anymore in the main group. There's great things happening in the subgroups, uh, but the main group has just become a place where people go at each other and at us for sport. And people have been going at us in the main group since we launched it and we're used to it. But the way you guys talk to each other, it's just, it's not, it's not productive and it's, we don't feel like it's making a positive impact on anything anymore. So it will be muted until maybe there's just like a change in the way we all decide to talk to each other. Until I feel like my mental health can take it because it's just like been this like way where like people just can say negative things about us. And it's like, if we delete it, we are muting, censoring people. And it's like, I just don't really feel like I should have to sit back and watch you say fucking horrible things about my family. And then also admit that you don't even watch my show. (laughs) I'm not muting you because I I can't hear mean things about me. I take a lot of criticism, but if you're literally saying something evil and then also admitting, this is why I haven't listened to the girls in over a year, you're out. Like that's the one premise for getting in this group. The one premise for being in the group and in the community is to be a toaster. My favorite is when people don't understand, okay, I got kicked out of the main group because I'm a hater and I don't like the show and I don't like the girls, but why the subgroups? Uh, okay, because it's tipsy toasters, steamy Swifties. You're fucking steam and you hate us? Yeah, and it's like, honestly, it's so taxing on my mental health to just like see so many just lies. Like even with this post about our, our photo that we posted, like that got blown up 6,000 comments, the girls deleted it. Actually, no, we didn't. The original poster deleted it and she left the group. But like, does anyone care about the semantics or the truth? No. No. Nope. So that's the decision. Um, we'll see you in the subgroups. Real toasters, no. And the real toasters, this isn't for you, but I'm sure you're glad to see us taking out the trash for once and for all, because you know what? It's enough. If the quarantine has taught me anything, I mean, it's taught me a lot of things, but mostly just taught me what's important, what I value, what I care about. And it's not people who hate me. So yeah, I don't know who the group is currently made up of, but it's really not toasters. Cause I feel like I used to pride like our group and our community on the fact that it's like, it's so many different people from so many different walks of life who have this innate ability on the internet to like have civil discourse. And it's like, they don't always agree, but there's like this mutual respect and love for one another that I thought made us so special. And it did, but we are not special anymore. Like we are Reddit. We are Gomi. Like we are the worst places in the world. Yeah. We're the worst of the groups. We're the biggest group and we're the worst. And it's, it's the party's over trolls. The party's over. You said it, sis. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I got like so choked up. I wasn't planning on crying. It was just like yesterday was really like one of the worst days. Yeah. No, it and you know what it's it's like like it was painful you think that I would be used to this because everyone's like once again Claudia but it's like there's such a different thing going on here like when I had come on and apologized like it's because I I fucked up like I I'm never too proud to admit that I fucked up and it's like I actually don't have a pit about coming on here and owning my my shit which I've done many times before because I'm confident enough and I, and I have enough pride to be like, yeah, I fucked up. I'm a person. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I fuck up a lot, actually. But with something like this, I just had such a pit because it's like, I feel so misunderstood. Yeah. And I feel like every time something happens, whether we're, we're wrong and we're admitting it or we're not seeing where people are coming from or people are just assuming the worst in us, it's like people use that to say, we're terrible people. They're showing their true colors. It's like, no, we're just showing you that we're human beings. Like, that, yeah, we, we fucked up and, and we're going to fuck up again. Like, because we're just people 
Yeah. And to be honest, like this is a PSA. Like if you are someone who is easily triggered by people making mistakes and there are people like that, I genuinely just feel like you should turn the show off. It is not for you. Like I am far from perfect. I probably make more mistakes than the average person, but I also happen to live under this microscope that of course I made the choice for myself to do, but I didn't expect to be so large. So if you are someone, this is a trigger warning. If you are someone who cannot handle people, but people making mistakes or people doing things that you disagree with, I really encourage you to find a show that maybe would trigger you less because this is not going to ever be that type of show. Yeah. And like, also this is a type of show where, you know, we say the things that you're thinking or that you say to your friends, but no one else is saying. And if you want to hear, you know, the sweetness and light and everything with a positive spin, this isn't a show for you. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But if you want to hear people talk the way you and your friends talk and just having an honest conversation and, and we actually do think before we speak most of the time and still sometimes we fuck up, but, um, it's just a little bit more unfiltered. This is the place for you. Yeah. This just, this whole incident like really led me to like this cliff where it's like, I'm done with this narrative that we are evil people. And every time we make a mistake, it's like, we're unveiling our true colors. I'm yeah. done with that. I'm not a bad person. And I'm, and I'm like done with people on the internet telling me that I am so many times that I start to believe it. Yeah. But real toasters know. Real toasters know. RTK. RTK. Real toasters know. And, and that's why we're going to still do an episode and subgroups are popping and it's going to be great. So if you're no longer a toaster, it's okay. It's okay. It's not for it's everyone. Okay. In the words of Danielle Staub, you either are going to love me or hate me. There is no in-between with me. And that is so (laughs) true. Yeah, it's so true. But if you are here to stay, then here we've got the fast side stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's Um, true, Jackie. But I put on a little makeup today because our first ad is so fabulous. I felt like I couldn't be looking like a gray-faced goblin when talking about Cherry. This episode is brought to you by Cherry, the latest, honest, uninfluenced real beauty reviews. Cherry is a new beauty app for beauty, skincare, and wellness enthusiasts to freely share their insights, opinions, and personal stories in an honest, thoughtful forum. Cherry features everything you need to know about products and practices from every corner of the beauty, skincare, and wellness universe in an honest, straightforward, and unbiased way. They're devoted to showcasing product reviews, Created entirely by real people with honest, uninfluenced opinions. This means users will get o- will always get the truth about products and treatments, whether consumers like them or not. Plus, they just launched a hundred thousand dollars future beauty fund to support the LA beauty community. They are committing a hundred thousand dollars to local beauty service businesses and professionals in LA impacted by the effects of COVID nineteen. Ten beauty service businesses nominated and voted for by you will receive five thousand dollars from Cherry. Additionally, fifty beauty professionals will be paid to create original content on the Cherry app, sharing their talent, expertise, and best advice for the beauty community. Download from the Apple App Store or visit cherry.com, C-H-E-R-I-E.com today to nominate or vote for your favorite beauty service businesses like hair salons, nail shops, and facial spots that have been impacted by COVID-19. Winners will receive $5,000 from Cherry to support the future of their businesses. Thanks, Love Cherry. It. Thanks, Cherry. Okay, first story. I also, I watch so much TV and just content this weekend. I'm excited to talk about in our TV recap segment. Yes, this is Cherry. Who that's brought to us by. This Cherry um, reminded me that I watched another episode of James Charles' YouTube show, and I have a lot of thoughts. 
Okay, cool. We'll get into it. But first up, the Kids' Choice Awards um, hosted a virtual show. I'm excited to hear your thoughts, but after being postponed by the coronavirus pandemic, the Kids' Choice Awards held a virtual telecast to dole out the slime and the awards. Victoria's star Victoria Justice hosted the show on Saturday, about six weeks after the original date. In addition to the awards and slime given out, the show made a $1 million donation to No Kid Hungry, a national campaign to help end childhood hunger and support people affected by COVID-19. The Avengers stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, and Jeremy Renner made a special appearance during the broadcast. Their blockbuster superhero movie, Avengers Endgame, won favorite movie. And Spider-Man actor Tom Holland was voted favorite superhero. Wait, okay. You know, I always roll my eyes about a virtual telecast, but there's two things that are fabulous here. One is I feel like the audience who actually would watch the Kids' Choice Awards would probably not mind this. Like, they don't have to turn on the TV. They're constantly scrolling their phones. Like, as much as I hate a virtual telecast for something that I was looking forward to, I actually think, like, generationally, this makes a lot of sense. And I've heard of a lot of um, virtual telecasts, but none of them that have donated a million dollars to No Kid Hungry. So I think that's just fabulous my only problem here is the choice with victoria justice to host well you know what okay so i actually saw a lot of videos going around i think it was probably on pop crave like some of the highlights from the kcas and i saw victoria justice like sliming herself in her backyard with her sister i think and i thought it was really cute and then i followed dove cameron and she posted her acceptance for favorite like movie actress and she was funny she was like you know I'm sorry angelina jolie that was like when um cole sprouse beat brad pitt and leo (laughs) And it's like, but it's what the fans wanted. She won for Descendants 3. And so I had just seen little videos from the telecast and I thought it was really well done. I love that they got the slime to people. People had their awards. They made their little speeches. And I think it's way better than postponing it. You know, it would be another six months before they can do this again. And by then it's like, let's focus on next year. So I thought it was a great way. And also it's just, it's a sign of the times. Yes, I saw David Dobrik was like making so much content because he won second year in a row for like favorite YouTuber, favorite influencer. And it's like, he's like so famous and like Kylie gets in his videos, Justin Bieber, but like he has so much pride about both of his kids' choice awards. Like he really considers them to be like some of the most, his biggest accomplishments with I just think is so funny. Um, And it's cute. I mean, the KCAs like are iconic and they really are for the kids. When we were kids, we used to watch them all the time. Obviously we don't watch them now because we're big dopes, but like- they are for the kids. Yeah, and I like love that they've kept the tradition of slime. It's like so dumb. But in these like days, kids are obsessed with slime. Like they make slime, they film it on their channels. Slime is like this cultural moment that I feel like the KCAs was really early in on. Oh, for sure. They invented slime. Totally. Can you keep talking? I'm so fucking hot. I think my air conditioning went off. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you who won some of the awards. Favorite kids TV show, Henry Danger. This story just makes you feel old. Favorite family TV show, Stranger Things. Favorite reality show, America's Got Talent. Favorite TV host, Ellen. Excuse me? How much did you pay for that award? For Ellen's Game of Games. Favorite animated series, SpongeBob. Favorite female TV star, Millie Bobby Brown. Favorite male TV star, Jace Norman. That's the first name from all of this that I've actually never heard before, but he's from Henry Danger. Can I just say something like the Ellen thing, why it's particularly strange? Because adults are like really turning on Ellen, but I don't think kids ever really liked her. Well, you know, she has the kids on and she plays her games. Oh, that's true. Actually, she's like always the first person to get like a viral kid on. It's like she has them on fucking speed dial. Yeah, no, she definitely does. But and you know, as people who like have enjoyed some viral kids, we're grateful. But then except that, yeah, that interview she gave with Mason Ramsey was like literally the bullying at its finest. No, for sure. But like the best thing she ever did was no Ritter. 
Oh my God. What is those, your up to? Those were the days. Those were the days. That was like right before we got full confirmation that Ellen was the devil. And like part of you really believe she was like this sweet old lady who like loved helping out little kids who like lived in rural America. Yeah. Yeah. Now we know. Um, do you what hear- was thing? The Powerball. Pa- he was the apparently kid. And apparently, oh, yeah, really cute. Do you want to hear more winners? Sure. I don't know. I feel like it's an interesting sign of the times, like what the kids are doing. Yeah. No, we need to keep up with the kids. So like, what are they listening to? Favorite movie, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that was the big movie this year. Favorite movie actress, Dove Cameron, Mal, Descendants 3. Descendants 3 is trash. Watched it last weekend. I just can't believe how they fucking botched the series upon the finale. You know how you know Descendants 3 was a bad movie? Because even Margot said it was bad. Like, Margot is the type of stan. We talk about different types of stans on the show. And with certain things, Margot is a completely blind, deaf stan. Like, she does not care what you do, what you say. Like, she will love and support you, show up at your house. Like, she just, there's so many people. Like, Hannah Brown, she's one of those people. And when, with Descendants, I thought Margot was that way, too. Like, Margot just loves, like, the worst stuff just because she loves the people in it. It's, like, actually really sweet and endearing. It um, is sweet and she, endearing. She fucking hated Descendants 3. I'm like, oh shit. Like, she, where she was ride or die AF for Descendants. Yeah, we both were. We had a Descendants 3 viewing party at my house. And, like, it was also, we just, like, people kept calling me and something was going on. And we were getting distracted. It took us, like, five hours to watch a movie. And it was terrible. Also, I realized something about Stanhood in, like, all of this. Because you always say, like, even standing means knowing when someone's wrong and telling them. I disagree. I think, and I think I'm more on like Margot's page where it's like, I think standing is like really loving everything about someone and just like, like the way that I feel about Kim. And it's like, even if Kim did something that I didn't agree with, I stand and I trust her enough to know that like with the information she has, she made the best decision for herself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, by the way, I don't think you can really define standhood in one term. I think there's like four or five different types of stands. In terms of like blind, in terms of blind standhood, you know? Like, I don't think it's blind. I think it's just like having faith in the person that you love that they're doing the right thing. I think that's actually quite, quite accurate and beautiful. Thank you, Claudia. That's right, because beautiful. If you're, like, if you're a blind stan who just like assumes that the person you love is like doing something calculated and fucked up, it's like, what does that say about you? Like you respect no. someone like that? Yeah. And also if you think that they're capable of that, why do you love them? Right. No, that's actually really true. I do feel like there's so many layers to standhood. Like some are so toxic, but like there's, there's a textbook that should be written about it. I think we should write it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm going to move on from this story. I know how upset you'll be, but um, actually wait, other categories, which is like miscellaneous social people, favorite male social star, David Dobrik, favorite female social star, Annie LeBlanc, favorite gamer, S, I don't know, SSS Sniper Wolf. Favorite video game, Minecraft. Favorite social music star, JoJo Siwa. Favorite female sports star, Alex Morgan. Favorite male sports star, LeBron James. Cool. Like, what a wide spectrum of awards. Like, I feel like it's social, music, movies, TV, gaming, TikTok. Yeah, it's really like the People's Choice Awards, like in terms of, uh, you know, popularity, but for the younger set. I'm here for it. The kids are all right, yep. you know? There's also the Teen Choice Awards, right? The TCAs. Yeah, that's where Taylor Swift, like, got an award, and it was the weirdest show. Like, it's all outside at Venice, like, on the Santa Monica Pier. Weird. And then there's also, like, the Television Critics Association. So some people will be like, I was at the TCAs this weekend. It's like, you go to the Teen Choice Awards? (laughs) (laughs) Remember remember that week when all that confusion happened? 
Like when people were posting from the TCAs and it's like, well, you're old. (laughs) Bob Saget, why were you at the Teen Choice Awards? (laughs) Okay, next story is really crazy. And um, I think it's true, but I I also like don't believe it. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle spill the tea in new royal biography. Okay, there's been so much misinformation about them these days. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex spoke with their journalist friends for a tell-all biography that discusses their dramatic departure from the British royal family and their new life as commoners. The authors of Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan and Making of a Modern Royal Family interviewed the duo before they left the United Kingdom for Canada before eventually settling in Los Angeles. Okay, so I guess they someone's writing this book called Finding Freedom about Harry and Meghan and they did participate in an interview for it. Oh, that's different. I thought they wrote a book about themselves called Finding Freedom, and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, that that would be like a weird first move out of the royal family, like writing a, a book. A book would be fine, but like that title wouldn't be. Yeah, I, they're like kind of thirsty these days. It's just so funny, like what you thought people would never do versus what they do, especially in quarantine. Like Megan joined a Zoom, I heard. Yeah, you know what? I feel like there are some people who obviously, you know, quarantine is not convenient for anyone, but there are some people who it's really gotten in the way of their like upwards trajectory. I feel like um, the girls from the season of The Bachelor, like Hannah Ann, she was just stopped dead in her tracks. She was on her way to superstardom. There'll be no paradise, probably. That's like alleged, you know? And like, this was like, these were the months. When you're a Bachelor star, like you get a few good months. Yeah. And Maybe that's girls, why they're all working so hard on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I respect the hustle. Yeah. That kind of sucks because obviously like there's a lot of benefits of going on The Bachelor, but for the most part when your season's air, season airs, it's just mostly embarrassing. But then all the follow-up that you get, like the work, the paradise, the trips, like it makes up for like the shame that you add to like have your family watch you gyrate on a man on national television. But now that they're not getting any of the follow-up, it's like almost not even worth it. Yeah, no, I actually, like, feel for them. I feel like they are very upset with the timing of everything. You know what I mean? Because, like, they they – Jenna must be just rolling her eyes to the back of her head every time she wakes up. I saw the Thursday TikTok of her this morning. Yeah, but she's taken her talents to TikTok. And by the way, she's doing good. She has, like, hundreds of thousands of followers. So we have no choice but to respect the hustle. I'm not going to lie. No, I respect hustle in whatever form it comes in. Um. Also, the book is uh, like it's a biography. The description says it quote goes beyond the headlines to reveal unknown details of Harry and Meghan's life together, dispelling the many rumors and misconceptions that plague the couple on both sides of the pond. Um, you know what? I'm thinking like maybe I'll read this. It just depends who is writing it. I'll have to do a little research. Yeah, is it, it's a biography, so like someone else is writing it about them. Like what a loser. Yeah. And they're participating in it. I feel like when you're at that level, you just like let biographies happen to you and you're like, oh, another one. Unless you want to like take control. And I feel like now this is actually a really like non-thirsty way for them to get their side of the story out. Um, because obviously now that this book, any, anyone could write a biography about Megan and Harry, but this one has their interview in it and it'll be everywhere. It will be popular. It will change like what people are saying. So it's actually a, a kind of strategic move for them um, to like get involved with. And they obviously like are going to, they have a relationship with this person. This person's not yeah. going to just bash them. You don't just do an interview with a random person. Like, there's history for sure. Right. Interesting. But I, I don't know. I feel like they could write a memoir, you know, and just come right out with it. Yeah, I feel like not yet. I don't – I honestly – I know it seems like they've been around for forever, but I don't think that they've lived long enough to, like, really have a full book to write. Like, their story is still so open-ended. 
I think they have enough to write, but the story's not even close to over. So why would you, unless we like, you know, maybe it could be a trilogy. Totally. Speaking of trilogies, did you see that What's Her Face is writing another book, The Twilight Girl? Stephanie Meyer? Yeah, she like ended the series, but she is now writing another book. It was like big news. Oh, that's exciting. Now that I'm a book person, maybe I'll read it. Yeah, but like begs the question, the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Imagine. Imagine if we got Rob and Kristen back together on the silver Wait, she's writing another Twilight book? Yes. Like about the Twilight? It's a vampire book, a part of – let me just get the right story. It's not going to be about Edward and Bella. Like, it's probably going to be about, you know, some ancillary character, maybe Jessica, you know? Yeah, maybe. Jacob. She announces a new Twilight novel – over a decade after the original series publication, her prequel to the Twilight series is coming out August 4th, she announced on her website. She has oh, that's going to be great. Defense. Yeah. That'll so probably it, be like um, about, what's his name? Dr. Cullen. Yeah. What's his name? It's like on the tip of my tongue. It's a weird name. It's like Esme and, uh, yeah, just look it up. Peter um, Fotch. Peter Fachemin, what's his name? <laughs> Peter Facciatelli. No, the do- the first name of Doctor Cullen. What's his first? Oh, I know. Name? I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> um, so his name is Peter Facciatelli. Facinelli. Stop! Just he give us his it. name, Doctor Cullen. Carlisle. Carlisle. Do you know? You probably do because I've already told you on the show that according to Forbes. Carlisle, Dr. Carlisle Cullen is the richest fictional character ever. You did tell me that because something about inflation. No, well, well, actually, I don't know if it was ever, but it was like top 10. Um, Yeah, it's because also he's been alive for 100 years and he made some good investments along the way and he's a billionaire. And that's what really I heard that Bella was after. 100%. They should make an origin story where Bella, (laughs) yeah. Totally. That's exciting. I actually, um, I'm not going to watch read the book, obviously, but I'll watch the movie. I might read the book now that like I'm into the, these people and I rewatched the series. Um, what's the word for a series of movies? Franchise. Not a series, I guess. I feel like there's more of a um, eloquent word and it's not trilogy because it's like five movies, you know? No, it's franchise. Okay. I rewatched the franchise a few weeks ago, as you guys know. And if you haven't done it yet, treat yourself it is a treat. I made Ben watch it too when he was loving it. Oh my God. And even those movies that you think were bad about the newborns and um, when they go to the Voltaire, um, still good. Still good. No, the, Vol- the Voltaire one is a great movie. It's just frustrating because you don't get to see Rob and Kristen together at all. Yeah, no, it's frustrating, but it's still good. Like, yeah, I'm not going to watch it every day, but like, because we used to watch Twilight 1 every day. So then we're like, we can't watch this. It's trash. But no, you know what's so funny? What? Voltaire hair. Hair. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? This one's for you because um, I didn't watch Twilight. Is it the one for me brought to you by Talkspace? Thousand percent. Being home so much, especially during a crisis like this, can be a breeding ground for anxiety. So 
true, me last night. Without the stability of our normal daily routine, the mind can fill with the worst case scenarios, what ifs, and worries. You may feel lonely, but you are not alone. We are all adjusting to this new normal. For Mental Health Awareness Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is more committed than ever to expanding access to support for anyone who is struggling. With Talkspace, you can get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your own home, and you can reach out to them directly from your device whenever something is on your mind. You can send your therapist text, audio, picture, or video messages from your phone or computer 24-7 as much as you need to. Everything happens within the Talkspace secure platform all on your schedule. They match you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. Once you're matched, you can begin therapy the very same day. And in honor of Mental Health Month, Talkspace Online Therapy is committed, committing to fostering a global community around the importance of mental health. While we may not be able to shake hands, high five, hug, and gather in solidarity, we can reach out for support. With Talkspace, talk it out with the licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home whenever something is on your mind. The bottom line is that you deserve support and you don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system to help you feel more healthy and empowered even in these uncertain times. As a listener of our podcast, you can get $100 off your first month of Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code TOAST to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's T-O-A-S-T at Talkspace.com. I feel like mental health has literally never been more important than it is in quarantine. And if you're Mm -hmm. quarantining alone, it can feel like you don't really have anyone to talk to. And I just think everyone needs to get on Talkspace. It's the future of therapy. Talkspace is always um, so great, but especially in quarantine, it's definitely exactly what we need to help us get through like it is so taxing on the mental health in general. And I feel like obviously there's so many other concerns that people aren't as concerned, but we are here for you. And so is Talkspace. And it's important. It is. Okay. Carol Baskin was hoaxed into her first video interview since the Tiger King release. Carol Baskin has given her first interview since the premiere of the Netflix series Tiger King. On Sunday, British YouTubers Josh Peters and Archie Manners released a YouTube video claiming they hoaxed her into doing the interview by pretending to work for Jimmy Fallon and his late night show, The Tonight Show. The pair lied to Baskin, telling her that their production company, Invisible Object, worked with Fallon to secure celebrity interviews for his show. Then they told her she would be interviewed by Fallon via a Zoom conference call, but in reality, they used sound bites from old clips of the late night show to conduct the interview. After rejecting their proposal twice, she agreed to the interview on the grounds that she would not be asked about the Netflix docuseries, which she has repeatedly criticized for spreading misinformation. When she finally joined the call for the interview, she was told she would not be able to see Fallon, but would only hear him asking her questions. Manners, who acted as a producer, coached her through the, quote, interview, while Peters stood by ready to play sound bites from The Tonight Show. Okay, look, I get that this is, like, funny YouTube, Carol Baskin killed her husband, but, like, this is, like kind of like unethical it's beyond unethical i didn't watch the series so i don't know i know like carol baskin killed her husband whacked him um yeah, can't, no, there's tell no me that it, can't tell me that it didn't happen but i don't know maybe like her husband was i don't know anything about her husband maybe he was a big piece of shit and we're all glad that she killed him i have no idea what people how people feel towards her all i know is that this is seriously unethical um i don't know yeah. that there are any laws against it but like then the article like goes on to quote what she said in the interview but this is the first interview that she's done. She's like one of the biggest stars. Like I've, this is just really seems really fucked up to me. Now you can tell me, do people? How do people feel about her? So when you watch a documentary, it was obviously very um, biased in the sense that they just wanted to paint it like she killed her husband. There was never really any 
foolproof. Like she was just really shady around the time that her husband died and she probably did kill him. But in the court of law, there was never really, she was never really considered like a full suspect. And it's not, there's no body. There's no nothing. Like okay, it and really not, disappeared. Not that you should documentary, ever. Not that you should ever. Made everyone. <laughs> not you that go. you should, not that you should ever kill your husband. It doesn't matter. Like the circumstances but like was he a good guy or a bad guy like are you rooting for he her like, he was a good guy well that's um, they painted it the way that they wanted to paint it so like nobody actually really knows but he seemed like a nice guy she totally like wanted him for his money like the way the documentary painted it is the way that the world sees it now because nobody knows this random man named don who died in florida but at the end of the day like she was an animal rights activist who just like wanted to um like help exotic animals and now she's like this worldwide um villain and it's like kind of sad because there's a very strong possibility like she didn't kill her husband nobody knows but the documentary really just swayed the entire nation into believing that she did myself included but like at the end of the day she's not in jail and nobody knows for sure but like you never know so i just think like this is she must be having like a really bad month and this is just like a pile on and you're right something about this does seem like it could be illegal i don't know what it's like entrapment i don't know yeah no i don't know what laws there are i just know that like we shouldn't be watching this video um and so she obviously doesn't talk about the documentary she talks about the sanctuary um about how due to the loss of tourism revenue they've had to let go about half their staff Aww. um yeah but their animals are still getting daily care because they have volunteers so I didn't watch the interview. Um, I just, this just seems really like icky to me. This is just like a trend amongst YouTubers of like taking celebrity name and likeness and really like fucking things up for them. Like remember when those YouTube videos came out of like a, a YouTuber pretending to be Justin Bieber and took like really unflattering paparazzi pictures of him? Yeah. It's like, I get that it's funny for a like, but like these are fucking people. Like I can't deal with like this, like total disregard for anyone's like humanity. Yeah. This reminds me of that. Yeah. I don't know. This seems worse. At least Justin Bieber is a superstar. And I agree. Like, you know, people are entitled to their privacy and respect, but he's a superstar and he has people and teams around him and, and money. And she doesn't have those things. And I'm sure if it was someone else, like they couldn't get away with this with another celebrity because their team would be like, oh, this email isn't Jimmy Fallon's. But she's just a woman living on her own. Her daughter like encouraged her to to do the interview. It's just like, she's not a celebrity. She didn't sign up for this. It's different. Like Justin Bieber has signed the social contract contract of being, you know, mocked and loved and you know he's in the arena and we're gonna throw flowers and we're gonna throw tomatoes yeah famous yeah and she's just that's so true she participated in a documentary how many fucking boring ass documentaries have you never heard of no totally and i'm just surprised that there wasn't more of like a backlash about this not that i like want everyone to get backlash but i just think that like it's a conversation that needs to be had because it's really fucked up yeah, and, like, the fact that this is, like, the top news story, and everyone's just talking about they tricked her um, without that sort of, like, this is morally corrupt. I, mean, it, I feel like it's going to become a trend. Yeah, no, I have a feeling there's going to be, like, a very strongly worded New York Times op-ed about it that'll change hearts and minds. That's, like, how this stuff happens, I think. Yeah, or, you know, this Toast episode will change hearts and minds. Yeah, if anyone's still listening. <laughs> okay, next up, J. Crew has filed for bankruptcy as the preppy real t- retailer succumbs to the COVID-19 fallout. Mm. J. Crew Group Inc. filed for bankruptcy protection on Monday with a plan to hand over control to lenders, adding to a list of brick-and-mortar retailers pushed to the brink by widespread store closures in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
That is very sad. Obviously, we've had this discussion because other retailers are filing for bankruptcy. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going out of business, stores are closing, but it's not good. No, and I think it just adds to this like vibe in the world right now that like shit is real. Coronavirus, shit is real. And it's like really between like the economy and like so many people losing their jobs and now these like major, major companies filing for bankruptcy, it's just adding to like this really unsettling feeling of like not knowing what's going on and the uncertainty of like what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, definitely. It's it's very sad. It's also really interesting just to see stores, like who was the first to fall because it's like no company is obviously like planning for, you know, six months of not having any business, but every company is structured differently. So it's just interesting to see like who will last the longest, like who was best financially prepared for this? Yeah, honestly, it'll be the companies that have the biggest infrastructure for online retail. Yeah. You know? I mean, Amazon, I literally ordered something yesterday and it arrived today. It's so crazy. Also, matches.com, fabulous shipping. I got two birthday presents for upcoming birthdays from there, and it came already. Yeah, I got uh, Farfetch. I love Farfetch. And they also support small boat boutiques across the world. That's always been their concept. Like, you can get anything on Farfetch oh. because they will go far and fetch it from, you know, a boutique in oh. Romania that you wouldn't be able to shop from. So inherently, they support small businesses, and they also have anything that you, like, would want from any designer and it's a great place to shop oh and honey anytime you shop on farfetch honey one of our sponsors you're getting your money with honey and farfetch i absolutely love honey this is not an ad but like shopping we've we have so many birthdays and celebrations in like the may june july um months that like it's very taxing on my wallet and i (laughs) absolutely love 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 honey totally okay are you ready for our fifth and final story Chris Hemsworth thanks fans as Extraction, his new movie, looks to become Netflix's biggest ever film premiere. Extraction Mm. is a massive success on Netflix, and Chris Hemsworth says he's massively grateful to fans. Hey guys, what's up? Hope you're doing well. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that checked out Extraction. You've made it the number one film on the planet right now, he said on Instagram. Netflix, Netflix issued a statement a day earlier announcing the film is poised to become its most watched feature film premiere to date. With people around the world sheltering in place because of the coronavirus pandemic, they're watching the movie in droves. The movie has a projected 90 million households watching in the first four weeks. That's crazy. It's crazy, but you know what? It's like Netflix just keeps getting bigger that like, not that this movie is bad, but I just feel like it's the movie right now. And it's like their next movie will just be even bigger. And it all started. I know it's so crazy. Remember the kissing booth was literally the biggest movie ever watched on Netflix. It had 50 million um, households watching. And it's like, not that this Chris Hemsworth movie is better. It's just like Netflix keeps getting bigger and bigger. They're like literally one of the biggest companies. And it's like, especially with quarantine, um, it's just, I'm sure this is a good movie, but like the next movie they release is just going to be a hundred. Well, as long as it's still in quarantine, I think quarantine gives everyone the time. It's everyone goes to Netflix every single day. And it's the first thing there is this movie. Ooh, Chris Hemsworth looks good. Not good enough for me to watch, but you know, everyone else is into it. I also feel like Bird Box was a similar um, genre of movie that took the world by storm. And that was also when people were leaving their homes. So I think anything in quarantine is going to get a major lift in terms of viewership like Tiger King. I do not think that Tiger King would have been nearly as big as it is if not for quarantine. I mean, I was one of the first people to watch it and I'm like glad that I got in on it so I could like post the memes and make the jokes. But like as a viewer, it was honestly not that good. It was so long. It was like an interesting story that could have been a two, three hour documentary, not like a seven part series with an after show. It, to be honest, in terms of just content, it wasn't that good. 
Yeah. Also, I feel like other shows like Waco are getting this sort of lift, um, which is I think is so great because it's an important true story that needs to be known and needs to be told. And that show yeah. is just so good. A lot of people are watching it and I just want to encourage them. Oh, are we ready for a TV recap segment? Because Waco kind of is a good transition for me. Is it the TV recap segment that's brought to you by Policy Genius? Yes. There's never a bad time to save money, but now more than ever, finding smart ways to put some cash back in your pocket can make a big difference. One way to do that is to simply save on the things you already pay for, like home insurance. If you own a home, reshopping your home or insur- your home insurance rates with Policy Genius could save you a good chunk of change. And the best part is you barely need a lift a finger to do it. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius will compare your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you get the right price from your home insurance coverage at the best possible price. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do all the work to get you switched. Own a car too? Policy Genius will compare your home and auto policies across different insurers and even mix and match to find you savings. They're saved They've saved their customers an average of $1,127 per year just by doing that. So if you'd like to put a little cash back in your pocket right now, see how much you can save by reshopping your home insurance rates at policygenius.com. That's P-O-L-I-C-Y-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Okay. TV Love recap. it. TV recap. Okay. So on Friday night, I watched Richard Jewell finally. And while I will say the movie isn't great and like it didn't get great reviews. So it's not like a great movie that I want to watch again and again and again. The story is so interesting. Again, before this movie came out, it was a story that I had never heard of. It's really actually sad and depressing to watch. Um, but just again, like seeing all of these nineties true stories, um, it's very interesting. It's just interesting. And I think everyone in Richard Jewell did a really good job. It's also star-studded like John Hamm, Olivia Wilde, Kathy Bates, the guy who hit Tanya Harding's leg. I mean, Nancy Kerrigan's leg and I, Tanya. Um, he, he plays did a, Richard. He plays Richard. He did a stellar job. The movie's actually really good, and I think it's an important story. So it's now available for rent, which is why we rented it. And we've just been wanting to watch it for a while. And I finally watched it, and I'm glad that I did. I had been, like, intrigued by the story and, like, wanted to see it but you know how like you know that there are certain types of movies that are going to give you anxiety yeah I just know like especially my like anxiety levels right now I just know that that's a type of movie when it's just all about like being persecuted by the media and like having people think things about you like I already feel that way I wake up every day like so scared of what people think about me like I think that movie would be so negative for my mental health like I don't think I should watch it you know what I I would agree with that yeah but it looked really good yeah, it is. It was good. I'm glad I watched it. What did you watch? I watched, I watched so much Drag Race, and I won't go into all the details, but I finished season 9 and 10. Um, really disappointed in season 10. Like, honestly, justice for um, Shea Coulee. Like, she was just everything of the sort. But, like, it's cool. Like, what I really like about the series is, like, similar, like, on The Bachelor. Like, you fall in love with people, but then, like, you never see them again on the show. Like, some of the Bachelor people come back, but, like, the contestants, like, they just go on with their lives. They're, like, constantly bringing in past winners past runner-ups they have all-stars like oh, they have cool. challenges yeah they have challenges where they bring back someone who you like so i just like that it really is a family like rue always says that but like they really bring back people so you get to see people that you still like so even if they lose it's like not that big of a deal um but last night i watched uh, the second episode of james charles um youtube original instant influencer which is like a competition show for the next big beauty influencer And I watched the first episode. I thought it was really well done. Like the studio, the makeup, the sponsors, like it's very fancy. And like they got good contestants. But 
I don't think I can watch a show anymore because the judging is false. Like I know it's art and makeup is opinion based, but they are wrong. Like there is a kid and I'm, it's sad because he's like the youngest one, but both challenges, in my opinion, he had the worst looks and like they just keep sending other people home who's not this kid. And I think his name is Seth. He's just like not the best artist. Like he needs more time. He's so young. All of his looks are like messy and there's no really thought put into it. Um, so it's just, I actually really like the show, but it's frustrating just to watch the wrong people go home every single week. Yeah, that is annoying. That's kind of, that's, that's why, actually, oh, that's why what? That's why I stopped watching Project Runway. I, and I know I'm not like, you know, the most fashionable girl in the world, but I just was disagreeing with everyone. I completely agree. I stopped watching it too ever, ever since they sent home Cha-Cha. Um, yes. I've been watching, weirdly, The Great British Baking Show because I remember I watched it when I was on vacation over Christmas because it was like a Christmas theme and it was just so soothing. And you know, I don't even like cooking shows. And I was looking for something to watch, just something in the background, like how you have friends. And I put it on and it was it was just so lovely. It's such a nice show. It's like plainy vibes. They're also nice to each other. The competitors, like when one person is like fucking up and they're out of time and someone else is done, they like help the other one finish their treats. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a nice thing to watch during the downtime. But also yesterday I read the book for the redheads. We're recording actually the episode today. Um, even though it's released on Thursday. So you have more than enough time to read the book. Everyone who's read it has read it in five hours or less. And it was really, really good. So if you want to get in on the redheads, now is the time. And I'm choosing the next book for the redheads. And I'm so nervous. By the way, there's a lot of pressure because the redheads has gotten like kind of popular. Yeah, it's gotten really popular, especially in the queue. And we try to read, like we read books that none of us have read yet. So it's not necessarily a book recommendation club because we don't know how the book's going to be. It's just like, this is the next thing on my reading list and then we can all talk about it. But I do want the book to be good. I don't want to torture people. So I've been doing a lot of research. And then also I don't want to choose a book that I know like is popular and good, but so many of the redheads might've already read it in the community. Right. Like there's hot books of the moment, right? Right. So I wouldn't, even though we've all already read it, I wouldn't choose a where the crawdad sing because then everyone's already read it and that's not a reading assignment. So I kind of need to find a different sort of book that might be good. I'm taking a risk on some unknown, actually the authors are probably known, but on like their new book, not the one that made them famous. And it's just, it's dance, but I'm so excited to record the redheads. Can we talk about Shaws of Sunset? Because I like to yes. bulk up on Shaws of Sunset episodes and I binge like four over the weekend. I was so confused that it was the finale because it was only the 13th episode and it didn't feel very final. Oh my God. I didn't realize it was the finale. That, I feel like yeah. it just premiered. No, I know. And I only realized it was the finale when I was watching Watch What Happens Live. He had Adam and Reza video chat in and then Tommy and MJ and it was very tumultuous. Um, and they kept referring to it as the finale. I'm like, it's over? Wow. That's crazy. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I landed, um, I landed in an interesting spot because I'm ride or die. I have firmly chosen my spot on MJ's team in terms of the whole Reza thing. And of course, MJ wasn't totally right about everything, but she owned her part in it. Um, to me, it's like the show is so frustrating because two people that I love are fighting Reza and MJ. When at the end of the day, it's like not even about them. It's just about the worst person on the show, Adam. Yeah. And then watching him on Watch What Happens Live, it's like he's now quarantined with Reza and he's really brainwashed Reza to like be on his side. And they were just like defending themselves so much. Oh my and God. I just think like when they were doing the pottery and he was like, I don't feel safe like without the restraining order. It was just like so dramatic. And I just, I think that it all, it all could have gone back to a better place if it weren't for Adam. 
For sure. I'm not caught up, but I do like to batch them as well. And, and my husband likes to watch, so we're going to watch together. Oh, but- I was texting with your husband. I had no idea that he, um, like, was the Shaz of Sunset Encyclopedia. Oh, for sure. He loves it. It's like all no the Bravo shows that the beginning. All the Bravo shows that I don't watch, like he watches. So between the two of us, like we've got it all. Yeah, no, I, I was like, he was like, What do you think about Gigi? I'm like, oh, she's great. He's like, Yeah, but she wasn't in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's really funny, but I need to finish Shaw's with him. Um and so then you also need to watch it. Watch What Happens Live because yes. MJ and Tommy come out fucking swinging. Tommy is so funny. And while I don't condone violence in any way, like I just kind of respect like how much Tommy fucking loves and wants to protect his wife. And I understood why he went and did what he did. And at the end of the day, he didn't hurt anyone. He did break a couple plants, but like he might've went over there with the intention to hurt people, which I obviously do not condone. But like, I'm just having such a hard time, like not taking their side. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean- it's just, I think it's probably because the other side has Adam and you yeah, love MJ. And I love MJ and I'm and you with stand, MJ. And, I, and you stand her and you're to the point where it's like, okay, you did something I don't agree with, but I, 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 res- I trust in you and you did the best thing given your situation at the time. Right. Like all of the people on the show are saying like, she set Reza up and they have like kind of like shady receipts, but like, I just don't believe that MJ like would do that to her friend of 30 years and and I know there's like a little bit amount of proof but like I just don't believe that I don't know why I don't know what she would get out of that she was in the hospital like it just doesn't make sense totally but like even if she did you would think that she had her reasons because you got your reasons just like you when you walked out of my life and you didn't have to Okay, anything else we want to recap before we put this episode to bed? No, that is all from me. Um, To everyone who has reached the end of this episode, we love you. Now that the real ones are here, we love you so much. We love doing the toast. Like all of the judgment and criticism and hate is all worth it because of the greatness of the community, the camp toast, the toast after dark, like the real ones. Um, And we'll always be here for you. So that's that on that. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow.